50 years ago, the view of jobs in the oil and gas industry involved men wearing a boiler suit, a hard hat and wiping grease off their face at the end of the day. Fast forward to 2021. The hard hats are still very much around. Health and safety is more important than ever. But the jobs themselves look very different. So in the last decades, uh, technological breakthroughs have overturned all walks of life and business. And if you look at the last 15 years, be it Google, Alexa, Tesla, they have really disrupted established business models. Workers are now more likely to need skills in automation, digitalization, even artificial intelligence. What does that mean for the workforce of today and that of the future? For doing anything, you need to take challenges. Always, if they are the people, whoever take the challenges, they are the people to write history. And how do energy companies maintain their appeal to science and tech graduates who have more options than ever before? Think about climate change, our food system, our energy system. And so you want to change that from the inside or do you want to change it from the outside? Today on the Energy Podcast, can the next generation bring energy into a new era. This is the sound traditionally associated with the oil and gas industry, a pump jack. Today, you're just as likely to hear this. A drone using aerial artificial intelligence to carry out safety inspections remotely. Technology is constantly evolving, but where do the ideas come from? Perhaps from young people keen to solve the problem of climate change and invent the world's next big thing. I'm firmly of the belief that when you look at the way that talent is distributed across the world, I think it's evenly spread. It's wherever you go. But we're just trying to inspire communities of young people to come together and find solutions in and with their communities that help them. That's Harry Breckelmans, Head of Projects and Technology at Shell. And he started the N Explorers programme, which aims to help young people in schools. You can hear more from him later on in this podcast. The Indian capital, New Delhi, is a city that regularly has power cuts, particularly in May, June and July. Neha Pandey is a student there and has been taking part in Shell's Global and Explorers programme at her school, which provides support to those in the classroom to come up with science-based solutions to everyday problems. She's been telling me about her amazing project using common quartz crystals known as piezocrystals, to generate electricity. So before this, we didn't know about piezocrystals. So I started reading about the class 12th science books. Over there, I found a phrase that piezocrystals were about to come in use, but because there was no more research on it, so India did not implement it. Uh, but China is doing so. Uh, whenever we put pressure on them or walk onto them, jump onto them, whenever we apply pressure onto them, they generate electricity. And that electricity can be saved. So if we apply it in our school, on the stairs or the corridors or basketball court, 
over there children keep jumping on it playing on it and uh, in the break it's always in use so there will always be pressure on it and uh, it's also possible to store that energy in batteries and it was not harming the environment as well so we came up with piezo crystals to solve our problem japan has already implemented it in their airports uh, like the stairs or the lifts and we even thought that uh, where all could be implemented so not only in our schools the indian schools or we can also implemented it in industries lifts malls and there are many places piezo crystals uh, also known as quartz crystals are found naturally in india which makes them accessible and most importantly affordable for the majority of people the indian economy if we talk about it it's the world's fifth best economy but still we are lacking behind and if we are talking about piezo crystals they are cheap as well they are cheap and best neha is excited about her project and work with an explorers and enthusiastic about where this learning can take her for doing anything you need to take challenges always is they are the people whoever take the challenges they are the people to write history <laughs> science is always about new studies you have to find out things take challenges and it's amazing always to find out the things which people have never seen mariam who's also from the northern gujarat area is also part of the n explorers program she focused her research on a shortage of water in her region due to water scarcity farmers are not able to grow their main crops instead of that they have to grow wild grass and while i was thinking for possible solutions during my research i also came across a wonderful creature which do not drink water for its whole life it found in the namibian desert of africa it is called darkling beetle which has a hydrophilic and hydrophobic ridges and grooves on its back side when it stands vertically on the land the air passes from the atlantic oceans bring moisture and it capture the water vapor from that moisture moist air and it is also known as a self filling water bottle there is water scarcity in northern gujarat region but there is a lot of humidity there so i thought that we can apply the method the technique beetle is using there simply i can say we are biomimicking this beetle to solve our problem She faced some big challenges in the project but worked hard to overcome them. So we came up with a substance called silica. Silicon. So uh, silica adsorbs water but it is not releasing it. So that was one of our problem that how can we release the water from the silica? So when the water releases from silica we cover it with cellophane paper and water was directed to the soil. So could this really solve the problem of water scarcity in the future? We are still working on it because we want a material called tensistat who adsorbs water and releases water on the normal temperature without giving heat to it. But it is very costly. And like Neha, Mariam is passionate about a future career using STEM subjects. If I personally tell that it's a very best field that youngsters can go but it's all about their mind what they want but my personally my opinion is that it is the very best field for making careers as you heard there the key to innovation in the energy industry is equipping and empowering future talent to problem solve But the workforce of today also needs to keep pace. 
Someone who knows all about that balance is Harry Breckelmans. As I said before, he's the head of projects and technology at Shell and started the N-Explorers programme six years ago. He's also been an engineer for almost 35 years and he told me what attracted him to the job. Because I like solving problems, I guess. <laughs> it requires a certain natural curiosity. And when you get in front of something you don't understand, it's a real desire to try and understand it or if something isn't working the way it should, then finding better ways to make it work. I think for me it's as simple as that, really. Which is why when I think about STEM, I think about obsessive problem solving. Would you say that we're at a pivotal point in the kind of acceleration of what we need to get our heads around or what is needed to kind of push forward? Um, because the challenges that the energy sector and the world's facing at the moment are incredibly tough, I would say. They're, they're huge. That said, I think there's always a risk in, in saying, well, we have never been or we've never had, or it will never be, as it is today. Uh, you know, I would imagine 50 years ago, you know, people found themselves in the same position. But in that also, I think, lies the secret. When you look back 50, 100 years ago, you know, people came up with some amazing solutions, amazing technologies. And I, I do believe that systematically, STEM has been at the heart of it, which is, again, why I think it's so important. What do you consider to be the main gaps in sort of scientific understanding at the moment that will need to be addressed? Well, when you think about the, uh, the technologies required to store energy uh, or the technologies required to turn hydrogen in a, in a major energy carrier, you, you, or, or, or when you think about battery uh, technology, you know, how can we actually develop batteries at scale? that are not a burden on the environment and that truly are sustainable. Uh, of course, you know, it's a, an amazing development that we can think of ourselves in, in the future of, uh, of driving only electrically. But at the same time, we all know that the uh, manufacturing of batteries uh, and having to, in the end, also find solutions to recycle them, at the moment puts us in front of a huge burden on the environment again. So, so how do we think in a way where we basically ground uh, the whole system be before we ever get to start to scaling something at a huge uh, level of utility. I think in some cases it, it's been reported that the oil and gas industry is struggling to attract younger talent in Europe and you know many of whom may have come to an energy company sort of 10 years ago might be looking at Silicon Valley, might be looking at at Google, um, at, the big, at the big tech companies. And that's because other generations are putting more emphasis on ethics and on their values and what's important to them. How do energy companies more broadly stay attractive to those young graduates that we need? At, at the heart of what you uh, just said and explained, I think, is, is that uh, I see young people today asking themselves very profoundly and reflecting very deeply around, you know, what it is they want to achieve and what difference they will make. And, and you can't escape today, of course, when you, when you reflect on that, to, to think about climate change, uh, our food system, our energy system. And when you do so, of course, you, you get put in front immediately of all the, the big issues we have and the challenges we face. So you want to change that from the inside or do you want to change it from the outside? Uh, that, to me, is fundamentally the, the question. 
Tell me about N Explorers, because we've spoken to two young women in India who have been part of the N Explorers programme. But tell me just briefly how it started and why it's so important. I'm firmly of the belief that when you look at the way that talent is distributed across the world, I think it's evenly spread. It's wherever you go, no, no matter how wealthy or not you are and um, you know how much education you've enjoyed, um, talent is inherently there everywhere. Uh, so spread evenly, but opportunities not, huh? And so, so for me and for us, an explorer was a way of uh, of making for that opportunity for everyone. Because when you do, of course, you unleash much more talent, and you turn that talent into potential and progress uh, than you would otherwise do. And uh, how can we provide them with a toolkit that allows them to unlock their talents? So, so that that was the the genesis of it. And this is not necessarily just energy or. You know, we're not aiming for, for, for the next Nobel Prize to be sort of enacted there and then. But we're just trying to inspire communities of young people to come together and find solutions in and with their communities that help them. Harry Recommends, thank you very much. Thank you very much. 21st century skills are needed to keep pace with the change. But who is going to make sure that the education systems in place are going to provide them? Dr. Anjali Prakash is the founder and chairperson of the Learning Links Foundation, which aims to improve education through projects in India. And Dr. Prakash is an expert on tech-integrated education. We'll come back to this really interesting conversation that we've just had with Mariam and Neha, two of the two of the students, about their projects, which has been fascinating but I mean let's kick off I think with one of the bigger questions that is a a key to this debate really what do you think are the biggest challenges when it comes to tackling the energy innovation gap? So in the last decades uh, technological breakthroughs have overturned all walks of life and business and if you look at the last 15 years be it Google, Alexa, Tesla, they have really disrupted and, you know, really established business models and reimagined entire industries. So traditionally, innovation in the energy sector has been, you know, limited to research and development and largely within universities. But today, I think it is the need of the hour that everyone should collaborate. So some points in that are that how can policymakers you know, set up mechanisms that would foster collaboration between industry and academia. Uh, The economic and financial challenge is another big one, where renewable energy sector faces, uh, you know, uh, you know, how can we have sort of cost effective solutions at scale is something everyone is grappling with. And lastly, I think, uh, and very importantly, is the challenge of public perception. You know, the general willingness of intellectually to, you know, agree and financially support the energy transition, that is crucial. I wonder whether we're looking at a a fundamental rethink when it comes to teaching students about the energy transition and what's going to be needed for the future. It must be very different now than it perhaps was 30 years ago because we're entering into a completely new Um, stage of the energy transition. True. I totally agree with you. Uh, Look, in some ways where we can, you know, reduce this innovation deficit, a lot of data is being required today. 
you know, to help make good decisions. Uh, that data needs to be made available. There has to be really focused uh, innovation efforts on low carbon technologies, you know, which are cost effective, competitive in the market. Uh, again, can, cannot overemphasize collaboration. Also a multidisciplinary approach, you know, even at the school level, we encourage our students to think across, uh, you know, disciplines, have an integrated approach. And that is uh, even very relevant here. And then think of this whole thing as one global village, you know, governments working together, global agreements being made, uh, addressing needs of emerging economies. You know, the uh, more industrialized economies are finding these solutions faster and better. But the real need for energy consumption is going to happen in the emerging economies. And therefore, they need to be taken along as well. And then as I strongly really believe working in education, that today's youth are going to play that important key role in all of this. And the more uh, we work with them, the earlier we work with them, uh, the better it would be and the faster we would have an innovation solution mindset. So perhaps in an emerging economy, the STEM teaching might be completely different to a, a different economy because your problems that you're facing on a daily basis will be different. True. In an emerging economy, I think the problems often are different and offer different scale and level. And even, as you said, the solutions need to be relevant and, you know, conducive, localized, uh, adoptable by the people who need them in terms of cost, in terms of understanding what they are, uh, they are. So I think that works very well when we involve our youth and students ground up to find those solutions. I want to come on to, to energy companies and the role of energy companies, um, because it's always been a historically a, a natural sort of progression for students who are interesting is particularly in engineering to to work for energy companies but in Europe I think there's certainly a, a noticeable change that energy companies are perhaps struggling to recruit younger graduates what's the situation in India in in India we have one of the largest young populations it is I think the work and the uh, guidance, the inputs, the ecosystem that we provide these youth to make them relevant in the workforce, I think that is what is more important. And I think programs like the N Explorer program come in very, very efficiently there, uh, beautifully there, uh, for the way they, uh, you know, trigger a thought process in the children, how to problem solve, how to investigate, how to work on solutions, uh, you know, have a design-focused approach, integrated, interdisciplinary approach to finding solutions. A, a final point. I wonder if now young people have many more opportunities and there are tantalising prospects to go and work for the big tech companies, the likes of Google and Amazon and all these other companies that just didn't exist kind of 40 years ago, perhaps... Um, there's just so much more choice when it comes to, you know, they STEM graduates as well. That must be having an impact. So if you look at the OECD 2030 Future of uh, Education and Skills Project, it very clearly says that we need to replace 
our old education standards with an educational framework that combines knowledge with 21st century skills of creativity critical thinking communication and collaboration you know this is a huge opportunity and students are excited and looking for these new jobs which never existed before and they are ready dr anjali prakash very lovely to talk to you today thank you so much for joining us Can the next generation bring the energy sector into a new era? Progress in upskilling the current workforce is being made, and there's a recognition by experts that STEM education is the key to equipping young people for the jobs that will arise as part of the energy transition. What hasn't changed is the excitement of new discovery for the engineers tomorrow, and now adding to that, the promise of global change in the future of energy. You've been listening to the Energy Podcast brought to you by Shell. You can find the Energy Podcast on all major providers. Follow or subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. The Energy Podcast was produced by Fresh Air Production. And I must remind you that the views you've heard today are those of the people featured and not Shell or its affiliates. I'm Bryony McKenzie. Thank you for listening and goodbye.